Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Dave. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is now an affiliate of Amazon.com, the online megastore that offers Earth's biggest selection. If you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, it would be cool if you would first click on the Amazon.com link on the Rocktail Hour homepage or affiliates page. And Amazon will kick a few bucks back to Rocktail Hour to help fund the free podcast. Today, Treg is going to bring us the story behind Wooden Ships by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Actually, it's also by Jefferson Airplane, which I think is the fact of the podcast. Well, who is it by? Both. It can't be by both of them. It's by both of them. They wrote it together. David really? Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Paul Kantner of Jesse oh. Jefferson Airplane. They All wrote right. it together. That is the story, then. Yes. Oh, okay. they, it's on Crosby, Stills, and Nash self-titled debut album in 1969, and also on Jefferson Airplane's Volunteers album in 1969. So this is the first song that I've ever heard of that has two originals of the same song. And awesome. they're both credited with lyric and music? They are. Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, this, this uh, rock tale hour comes to us from Patrick. Patrick said that the Jefferson Airplane version is his favorite song ever and wanted us to do a podcast on it. I didn't even know Jefferson Airplane did this song until I started looking into it. Mm. Nor did I. Yeah, I've always been familiar with the Crosby, Stills, and Nash version and had been singing along with it for decades, not really knowing what it's about. I just thought it was this beautiful song about sailing on wooden ships with the signature CSN harmonies about being free and easy. But it's actually much deeper than that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Well, I admit as well that I didn't realize that Jefferson Airplane had had done this song. So I've never heard it. Is it as good as the other one? It's good. It's it's a little more haunting. Mm. And actually, I think it conveys the meaning of the song a little bit better than the CSN version does. Mm. The CSN version is kind of beautiful. Yeah. You know, and and the the Jefferson Airplane one is a little bit haunting. Listen Mm. to them back to back. It's really cool. Cool. I'm going to go to the Rocktail Hour homepage and click on the iTunes link. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to. Are we going to put the link to both? Yes. Awesome. Sure. So it's interesting. Uh, David Crosby talked about writing this song. He said that he was kicked out of the birds. And so he went and he bought a boat down in Florida. And Stephen Stills came down to visit him. And Paul Kantner came down to visit him. And they happened to be there at the same time. They were sitting in the cabin of his boat, which he called the Mayan, and uh, David Crosby had some chord progressions that he liked and was playing it for them. He'd already been fiddling around with the idea of the music for a long time. And so Stephen Stills and Paul Kantner started to put some words to it. And so the song about wooden ships was written on a ship down in Florida. I thought that was kind of interesting. And how do you feel about that, birds? Kicking David Crosby out of your band. That was a wise move, wasn't it? Yeah. Best thing that ever happened to David Crosby. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the birds probably didn't do anything after he was gone. I, I don't remember anything. That's for the birds. So That's uh, where that phrase comes from. Oh, yeah. There you go. Cantor <laughs> uh, wrote the hook and two of the verses, and Stephen Stills wrote one of the verses. And many of the lyrics that Paul Cantor wrote were from a song that he had written during his college days. So... The, the ideas for the song were also uh, mulling around in his head for a long time. Well, what's the song about? It's actually, it's an anti-war song. And it's describing nuclear war survivors in a post-apocalyptic world. I had no idea. 
Huh. So David Crosby commented before they sang the song at Woodstock, he said, we're going to do a kind of a science fiction story. If you'll bear with us, it's about these people who are escaping the, uh, the Holocaust or whatever it may be and leaving it behind and escaping in a wooden ship. And also in David Crosby's liner notes for the, for the CSN box set in 1991, he said that the songwriters imagined ourselves as the few survivors escaping on a boat to create a new civilization. I think the reason I never keyed in on the meaning to this is because I didn't really listen to it much until the late 1970s, probably even mid-1980s, come to think of it. And by that time, you know, the context was totally different. Right. When this was written in the, in the 60s, I mean, think about it. You've got, uh, you've got, the, you've got the Bay of Pigs in uh, the early 1960s where the, the world was on the brink of nuclear war. You've got the Vietnam War throughout the 60s and, and the violent protests and, and that, that led to many deaths, college campuses and communities all over the world. So this was, a, this was a time where nuclear war was on the minds of the people. In both versions of the song, two singers apparently play the roles of survivors from opposite sides of the war. So it's Crosby and Stills in the CSN version and Kantner and Grace Slick in the Jefferson Airplane version. And they end up singing the chorus together in both songs. Uh, Kantner described this technique as an old Irish folk song technique. So one of, the, one of the lyrics, I can see by your coat you're from the other side. Well, I always thought that meant, oh, you're from the other side of the tracks, but it actually means the other side of the war. And then the next line says, tell me who won, you know, who won the war. And as if it really matters, you know, at this point, they, they believe the world has been destroyed. So it doesn't really matter who won the war. Everybody lost. They talk about, uh, subsisting on purple berries that one of them had been eating for several weeks and hadn't gotten sick. Oh, that's clearly a drug reference. (laughs) (laughs) I always figured it as to be as such. And there's a lot of people on the internet who think that it's a drug reference. Sure. Everything was a drug reference. (laughs) Anything purple. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the song white rabbit that had nothing to do with drugs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And actually there are a lot of different interpretations. of Well, you know what the magic dragon is about, right? A magic dragon. Yeah. I, I love that part in, in Meet the Parents where, where where Ben Stiller says, well, you know what Puff the Magic Dragon's about? Oh, that's right. You heard what I was like, where <laughs> Robert know De- that line? And Robert De Niro's like, it's about a boy and his pet dragon. Well, no, it's about, you know, Puff, Puff, the Magic Dragon. And, mm-hmm. You know, and, sorry, go ahead. That scene gets more and more awkward as, the, yeah. as it progresses, which is great. <laughs> uh, there, there's sorry, a I totally hijacked your great story. Go ahead. There's a lot of people on the internet who think that that it's talking about the Civil War because of the purple berries were on the the shorelines of you know somewhere or Vietnam the same thing they try to place where the purple berries would be and figure that it had to be about Vietnam or the Civil War or something like that but you know David Crosby refers to it as being this post-apocalyptic version. Not not any particular war in the past. It's a conversation, as I remember the lyrics, right? Hey, can I have some of your purple berries? Yes, I've been eating some. Yeah, for six or seven weeks, haven't got sick once. That's right. And then it, and then it says, you know, it'll probably feed us both or probably keep us both alive. So there, that he's claiming that the meaning is more of talking about subsistence in a post-apocalyptic world as opposed to some thinly veiled drug reference. Every, every rock and roll song has a double meaning, right? That's right. But, you know, what that tells me is that they, one of the things that they were talking, one of the challenges of this post-nuclear war 
um, era that they were imagining was the difficulty in finding food. You know, hey, can I share some of your berries? I don't, you know, we need something to keep us alive, right? They also talk about um, that they're on a ship sailing far from this barren land, and they search for somewhere where we might laugh again, living free and easy. They talk about silver people on the shoreline, and I've sung that lyric for years and never even thought about it. Silver people, you know, whatever. Silver people, David Crosby has said, is guys in radiation suits. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so the lyrics say to the silver people on the shoreline, let us be. You know, we don't need you. We're on a ship. We're sailing away. We're going to find a place where we can live again. To me, the most poignant verse says, horror grips us as we watch you die. All we can do is echo your anguished cries. Stare as all human feelings die. We are leaving. You don't need us. And I think that pretty much sums it all up, you know, mm-hmm. the whole song. That's interesting. When you read those lyrics, you can almost hear David Crosby singing them. It sounds like something he would sing. Exactly. Right. Here's something else that I found to be really, really interesting. There is a prelude to the song that's never sung, but it's in the lyrics. So you look up the lyrics, and there's this whole verse that is not sung in either version. And it really emphasizes the meaning of the song as this post-nuclear war survivors. So this is what it says. Black sails knifing through the pitch-blend night, away from the radioactive landmass madness from the silver-suited people searching out uncontaminated food and shelter on the shores. No glowing metal on our ship of wood, only free, happy, crazy people naked in the universe. We speak earth talk. Go ride the music. Holy 70s Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like like something Charles Manson would have written. (laughs) How come they never sing that? I have no idea. They they don't say? No. So it's part of the song, and yet it's not. Exactly. Again. Very 70s. Yeah. 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 Pretty interesting stuff. Whatever happened to Rosie and the Originals? You know what that is? That's a lyric at the end of um, a Zeppelin song that's on their lyric sheet, but it doesn't get sung. So maybe it is like a 70s thing on Houses of the Holy. Well, this is a a beautiful song. And and so, again, I'm, I'm not making fun, but this is sort of that kind of pretentious thing that you would have done as a flower child in the 70s. I'm, I'm going to write a prelude to the song, but we're not going to sing it. We're just going to put it in the lyrics and let people read it, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making fun, but I'm really not. That just seems like something you would do. Mm-hmm. Kind of pretentious, but kind of cool. In a way, yeah. yeah. So one of the differences between the two versions, the Jefferson Airplane version and the CSN version, is that last line of the prelude, go ride the music. Jefferson Airplane sings that at the end of theirs. So it's one of the differences. It's kind of cool. Ride the music. All right. Well, I, along with hopefully all the Rocktail Hour listeners, are going to go pull up that Jefferson Jefferson Airplane version and give it a good listen. Thanks, Trey. Great podcast on wooden chips. You can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rocktail of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for a future Rocktail Hour. If you think we're just lame, please keep that to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.